When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Who are you? Oh, Connor McSpadden here. I always feel so caught, caught so off guard when you throw to me. <laughs> you, you, you always do it like I just showed up on your front porch. Well, this time you didn't, at least you weren't like drinking water or taking a drag of a cigarette or something when I said it. So that's usually the case is I'm trying to kind of power caffeinate and nicotinize uh, while Adam is doing the intro. And then I have <laughs> Connor is here as well. I have been I've been power caffeinating this morning. Uh, I've I've mostly quit nicotine, which is a thing I didn't think would be possible during quarantine. That's pretty impressive because I had quit and then quarantine happened and I was like, I'm not not smoking for I need to go outside at some point. Well, before you call it too impressive, you have no idea how high I am right now because <laughs> I've just kind of substituted vaping nicotine for vaping weed. Yeah, that's a that's a way to go. I was uh, I'm tr- I'm trying to stop smoking weed, but it has kind of become a five day a week thing over here as well. Oh, I'm definitely not trying to quit weed. I just signed up for a weed subscription box. It's <laughs> fucking magic. Ninety nine dollars a month, and they just mail you a fucking box of weed. Just a box. Cool, it's the fucking loot box. Yeah. Whole goddamn box. Anyway, that does make a decent segue into what we're talking about this week because you'll probably want to be high for this episode. We're talking about subliminal messages in music. Yeah. And these are always stories that I think start high. You know, it's like the 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 first reporting is done high. Yeah, because you I feel like you have to be high even to want to hear that that reverse message and want to go like put it on a computer and reverse it to figure out what they're even saying. Like you have to be high just to be that curious. And it's not a scavenger hunt that you go on sober you know in the same way you don't go to the sonic that's 45 minutes away unless somebody's shit faced in your car you know it's there's got to be like an instigating uh intoxicated element right and i would argue it's even harder today to to hear these subliminal messages because back in the 60s and 70s it's all on vinyl you could just reverse the record and yeah there's a there there's a manual it. reverse function built into the you know physicality of yeah. the musical product you own whereas here it's like if you want to be a uh a, a satanic journalist you got to go you got to download audacity you got to watch <laughs> like a couple like eight-year-olds on youtube give you a tutorial you know like with like with screen recording their windows xp that's clearly their dad's <laughs> computer yeah but there are still subliminal messages in music today there's like there's so many examples of this we're, we're talking about the 10 best but it's it's the 10 best according to me basically like 
And people yeah. will complain about that. And they'll be like, you forgot this one. No, I didn't. I just think my examples are more interesting than your examples. Well, and if it was the 10 most popular, it'd be the one Judas Priest thing. And then the other nine ones where it kind of sounds like they say Paul is dead, you know? Yeah. Like those are the only, that's the the ones that get all the press. So you found a few that I hadn't heard of that you did kind of slip through the cracks culturally. Yeah, there's there's going to be a few in here that I think people won't be as familiar with. And that's kind of the point. I feel like there's some criteria here. We need it to be audible, obviously. Yeah. Like, you want to be able to hear it without doing too much work. But I also kind of like when it sounds good played backwards also. Yeah, there's got to be, like, it's got to be aesthetically compelling enough to kind of crane your ear to, like, find the sort of it sounds like you sent, you know. It's a, it, you, you've got to make me give a shit. I think with the Beatles, people are, it's just such a magical story, all of it. And then all the characters feel so magical. And the music has so much like, um, I don't know, so many, so many kind of like implications in everyone's lives. Like it just is, it's, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like Christmas music. It's part of the fabric of, you know, culture that people are just, they, they want there to be more. They, they want, they, there's like, they, they, we always got to find, there's got to be another basement of the, whoa, Jim, Paul McCartney, those stories. Like every time there's new, you know, sort of tidbit from anybody, it's like huge clickbait. It's huge all over the place. And uh, I don't know, you just kind of strip mining the enjoyment out of it. You know, you're so, like, it's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can stare at this how many different ways, but I mean, you know, couldn't we just put on rubber sole in the car with our family and call it a day? You know, do we have to? <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. I, I feel like the Beatles did put a lot of subliminal stuff in their music, but I think they were doing it actually to fuck with people because I think we I covered think it. I think it was much more tongue in cheek, you know? Yeah, I think we covered it on this podcast, but the Paul is dead conspiracy started with a satire article written by a student at the University of Iowa Des Moines or something like that. Wow. And like the Beatles knew that everyone knew that, but the internet didn't exist then. So like there weren't 10,000 people to jump up and yell bullshit in unison when that article went up. So people just like took it as real. Well, what's funny is little did that college student know she was kind of planting the seeds for QAnon in a way, because <laughs> that's a big tentpole of their whole ideology is that every celebrity has been killed and replaced with a clone. And uh, as soon as they tweet something that's kind of like out of a uh, line of our like uh, canonical cult vision of who they are, it's like, well, they got him. He's been killed. He's a clone. The Rock is a clone. I didn't you know, realize I- he's getting the vaccine. He's been cloned. I know about that conspiracy. I didn't realize QAnon had absorbed that one also but that's interesting it makes sense that they would because that conspiracy allows you to explain away so many things like if there's any inconsistencies you can just be like that's a different person now yeah kind of has done with conspiracies what like the sort of smart empires of the ancient world did where they're like you can everybody can keep all their gods and their traditions as long as you march under the flag that there are children under central park and donald trump is trying desperately to free them yeah That's kind of how flat earth conspiracies work, too. It's just, yeah, a, it's like just an so umbrella. If you're, if you're a Reiki girl, if you're an Epstein <laughs> guy, whatever you are, just come on, come on in. Water's warm. <laughs> so before we get into subliminal messages in the songs themselves, one thing that's interesting is there is actually some evidence that this kind of works with music. There were these researchers in Switzerland. This happened in 2019. These stories always come out of Switzerland. It's like they got, they have no kind of, 
big looming problems to them. They're like, I don't know, it's all snow here, this global warming thing. I mean, we can we can live in an 80 degree Switzerland. It's like, eh, we've been neutral for hundreds of years. We don't really need a big standing army or any big military developments. It's all they're just making better chocolate and finding out <laughs> if dogs can like taste colors. You know, it's always like they, they produce the most like late night talk show science news of any country, you know? Yeah, it, it's got to just be that they don't have any wars to fight. So what what else is there to spend money on than figuring out if you can send subliminal messages in a Van Halen song? So it's these two PhD students, Simon Tanner and Manuel Eichelberger from the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Zurich. They spent six months creating a method to send data hidden in music, and it's undetectable to the human ear. It basically works like an audio version of a QR code or the metadata that's in a digital photo. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can kind of scan it using a computer algorithm, but it's indecipherable to just a uh, a run of the mill layman brain. It's not like something where you can put it on and then oh fuck, I want to kill my dad now. It really got under my skin. It's like you have to scan it, you know. So it's like it's more of like a that, that to me is more of an Easter egg and less of a satanic programming device, you know. Yeah, especially the part where you still have to use your phone to mm-hmm. do it. Like the way this would work is like, it's all gonna like, we're, we're so terrified of all of this. And even in every sci-fi vision of the future, all this shit ever comes down to is advertising. And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. what would happen here is you're listening to an Ariana Grande song and you get a pop-up on your phone that says, Hey, Ariana Grande is on OnlyFans now. And some click this link to visit. Like you still need some interaction with a physical thing for this to work. I mean, you want to talk about feeding all the hungry people in the world. If she could just bite the bull, I mean. (laughs) Right. So if this data wasn't masked by music, it would just sound like random static mixed with a bunch of unpleasant beeps. So like it would just sound like you got the song off LimeWire. Not that there was a hidden message in there. Yeah, it would sound like early 2000s Radiohead. Basically, just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. bleeps and bloops and unpleasantness. Uh-huh. But, a craft work intro. Yeah. But also, it can only transmit like 25 characters at a time. So this isn't, as of oh, so right we got, now, it's We got not like a bad. pager level of technology here. You got to, you know, since when 187, if you're mad at them, you know, you got you to learn a whole kind of like tween code. Yeah. It, this is one of those things that's going to require like Elon Musk's Neuralink thing to really work. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I've been looking into a lot of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's creepy as shit. It's, it's very creepy. But then I also go like, well, you know, I mean, I, I'm just a, I don't know if you call me a thrill seeker, but I have a lot of wanderlust. And I'm like, that sounds like a kind of a fresh and exciting new way to become insane is having my brain hooked up to the, you know, be one of the first people to do that. Like, you know, why not? Yeah. And who am I to not become enslaved with the rest of society? Like I'm exactly. that I'm that special that I'm not going to submit to the machine for a while too. At least like, in the honeymoon years when it's I'm good. I'm sure I'm sure that they're you know uh, I I'd be better off drinking distilled water. But I mean that tap water if it's making any of this modern life of mine that I'm kind of stuck <laughs> in more palatable. Who am I to not you know exactly take my medicine? You know maybe they're right. Maybe it will be. I've always advocated for that. That dystopian version of the future where a central computer just makes all our decisions. Like, oh, yeah, where we have like an AI god. Yeah, like that's so stress-free. Yeah, that, I mean, that, and that would uh, would cut a lot of corners, you know? 
sure be way. like, well, let's go ask Roboto, you know, or whatever, you know, we'd have yeah. to give it a cool name. Yeah. I feel like the problem with these scientists is they're so, you know, it, you know, uh, calling it a fucking cyber truck and everything like that. It's like it, it would have some like lame name, you know, and we'd have to be like, OK, let's let's go talk to the great machine. I know that sounds like it came right out of a fucking season four Futurama episode that no one remembers. But, you know, we're going with it. In one of my favorite books, This Perfect Day by Ira Levin, the central computer is called Uni, which that's not I bad. I like that. Yeah, it's not bad. Uni's not bad. Because it sounds cute, but also it's like it's also kind of ominous. Like uh, any any name that could also be the name of like a uh, a four chain e girl character that people <laughs> are married to with like a desktop and a mouse pad. Yeah. So let's talk about some of these songs. I like I said, I I feel like I I want these to also sound good backwards. Like that's one of my criteria, and you also have to really be able to hear it. And for that reason, bottom of the list. The only Beatles song I'm going to put on the fucking list because John Lennon was obnoxious with this kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But the the one part where I think it was kind of interesting and where if it was intentional, I think they were kind of fucking with the fans by this point. But at the end of the song, I'm so tired. John Lennon says something that is it's almost inaudible and it's also in reverse. So what he's actually saying is this. Let's listen. Yeah, and it's sort of the mumbling that your buddy does in between throwing up at the toilet. Like, oh, pause the, pause the, blah, you know, it's yeah. like very. So that's the gibberish part. Here's the backwards part. See, I feel like people probably still might not have even heard it. Yeah. And that's why this one is at the bottom of the list. What he's, it sounds like he is saying when you play that section at the end of I'm So Tired in reverse is Paul is dead, man. Miss him, miss him, miss him. Which if that, if that was intentional, they're just fucking with people, man. Paul McCartney did not die in a car accident. There's not a second Paul McCartney. There might I'm not be even a second. Con- I'm not even convinced that John Lennon would have missed him very much. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. John Lennon probably would have been psyched to he not have been like, oh, fucking think I could write all the songs now. Okay. Whew. And we're talking about the White Album era. So the Beatles really hated each other by this point. Was I'm So Tired on the White Album? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. John Lennon was way over missing Paul McCartney by this point. <laughs> Unless he just hated new Paul McCartney. Who knows? Yeah, maybe the new Paul was like, he, he never realized how good he had it. <laughs> it's like this guy with the fucking toenail clippings and this song, My Darling, is so fucking hacky. Yeah, I did. Near the end there, man, Paul McCartney's songs did get, like, I hate The Long and Winding Road. I hate Let It Be. I hate Hey Jude. I hate all of those inspirational Paul McCartney ballads. <laughs> but I love Paul McCartney's Beatles songs overall. Like Rocky Raccoon is fucking great. Oh, that's one of the great ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I fucking I mean, love I, that song so much. I, I like them all, but it does get a little, like, there, there are a few where it's just like, you can tell he's just so excited to do his little fucking show busy Paul McCartney thing. And he's like, you know, he's got that face and he's just bopping around. And I just like to imagine when he brings those in and just like John, just fucking pouring a drink. Like, uh-huh. Uh-huh, darling. Great. Another one of the fucking these, man. Awesome. This is really, this is art we're making, Paul. Have you ever seen the Let It Be documentary? 
Yeah, yeah, I've seen good good amounts of that. Yeah, <laughs> wildly uncomfortable to watch. It is painful to watch, and I love it so much. Just like Ringo, the child of divorce in the middle. I go, I'll play the drums. <laughs> so let's talk about the number nine song. Marilyn Manson, Revelation number nine. Beatles reference too, you know. Yeah, it's a, a, a reference to Revolution 9, which is a fucking obnoxious John Lennon song. That is, yeah. And and then, you know, we're talking about the shit about Paul McCartney. It certainly goes both ways because that is one of the most self-indulgent, you know, things ever put on wax, just a nine-minute sound collage. Yeah, that's that's why the Beatles worked so well because Paul McCartney and John Lennon could, like, temper each other's more extreme tendencies. But then sometimes they, they would, like, get set loose and the results would be stuff like Revolution 9, which is just John Lennon saying number nine a whole bunch and then... Uh, a sound collage, like the kind of shit I don't need. And that's sort of what this is too. And it's Marilyn Manson. Which it's like him putting subliminal messages in its song. It's like, it's not cool when you do it. You're kind of being a try hard about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only thing I do like about this is that let's listen to a little bit of it reversed. It sounds good reversed, but so yeah it sounds neat but it was also it like they were cool they were doing it on purpose and when you listen to the messages it's like it's just typical Marilyn manson shit like at one point he says you're on the other side now there ain't no going back and it's just like him being Marilyn Manson. So who cares, kind of? Yeah, it's not really that, you know, the, the deeper, scarier, exciting. Like it's if, just very, it's very expected from him, you know? Right. If Carly Rae Jepsen did this, I'd be like, what? It is disappointing that there's not more like, that the modern pop culture has less of this kind of like satanic speculation because everything's so you know segmented now and like uh bifurcated by online communities there's not like a lot of monoculture it's like it's not like there's anyone going like uh all right half the guys in bts are clones these guys worship the <laughs> devil you listen to this backwards and well you first you got to learn korean you know it's just it's all very you know kind of sanitized it, 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 it stinks that there's not as much of this sort of like on the local news every night anymore yeah it's like you s still see it but i just feel like the examples aren't as good like there's yeah. Some suggestion that there's backwards messages in like Justin Bieber songs. There's not even messages in these songs if you play them forwards. <laughs> the other thing. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of, it's, and they, the examples aren't as clear, but there is one in here that I would argue is kind of like modern it, pop music it, that's it, really it, fucking weird. You listen to it backwards. I swear to God, he's talking about mummies. Now, does that mean the mummies are, is <laughs> just saying mummy, mummy, mummy? I mean, you tell me. Yeah, it's. And I'm sure that's that's one of the things people will complain about is that we didn't put a lot of those examples in here. But I just don't think they're that compelling. Like, yeah. And I, I like it. Like, I can't picture Britney Spears making that kind of creative decision. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that would really, you know, when they're finalizing the album, it's like, and did we uh, do we do we make sure that we shouted out the desecration of care really quick? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. On the other hand, she didn't write her songs, so there's there's that. Yeah, you know, it's like, maybe let's she's get a that... tool for Satan. What do I know? 
let's get that fat guy with a Casio in the Valley. We got right in the album to put some, <laughs> uh, some real dank shit about the new world order and a uh, gimme more actually about adrenochrome. If you read between the lines, but yeah, God, I love the adrenochrome conspiracy so much. Oh, it's one of the best that uh, the, the, the global elite are, are, are farming children and using their uh, blood or whatever to, to make some sort of serum that makes them live forever. And that's why Nancy Pelosi looks OK for being 80. You know, it's <laughs> like like, look how young these people I'm like, they don't, they don't look that great. Yeah, she still looks 80. I mean, the, the whole thing is just beating the Reaper, Adam, obviously. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Let's talk about the number eight song, Motorhead Nightmare slash The Dream Time. Here's the thing. This is obviously meant to be played backwards, but it's just so much better than the Marilyn Manson thing because one, it's not Marilyn Manson. It's Motorhead yeah. and Motorhead. You get a little bit more the, the you know, they were, they're around in the seventies and eighties. So you, you know, you give them a little bit more credence in the whole satanic panic of it all. Whereas uh, Marilyn Manson is kind of like, you know, uh, green day singing with a fake English accent in 1993, doing the same pop punk tricks that the undertones did just making more money, you know? Yeah, and I I like that the message that's being conveyed here is it seems like it's kind of geared toward the people who would put on a Motorhead record, listen for backwards messages, and then start that moral panic over those backwards messages. Yeah, yeah. Let's listen to it. And I I think it's it's pretty easy. This song was meant to be played backwards, so it's pretty easy to hear what you know, taking shots at the soccer moms. That was the song played in reverse. And what he was saying was, uh, I do not subscribe to your superstitious, narrow-minded flights of paranoia. I and people like me will always prevail. That fucking rips. Yeah, that's pretty, uh, it's, it's very fuck you. To, I won't do what you tell me, you know? And I love Motorhead. I like the examples, like we're going to get into a lot of examples where they're obviously doing it you know, on purpose so they put a lot of effort and attention into the words you hear backwards. And I think that's a good example of that. that yeah, I appreciate. I think so too. Speaking of hell, I don't know if we were, but let's <laughs> talk about it now. This one's just fun because it's Slayer. And like you want Slayer to talk about hell. I would say so. Yeah. And this. I don't think anyone buys a Slayer record and goes, the devil again. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what that pentagram means? Come on. This was the first song on Slayer's second album. And if you play it backwards. That was Slayer, I Barely Know Her, I think, right? <laughs> Hey-o. Welcome back. Yeah, that's just fucking awesome. Yeah, that rips pretty hard. That was all intentional because, like, they were obviously one of the bands, especially during the Satanic Panic, that people were 
super up in arms about. Although I don't know when did the first Slayer album come out? Like they're they're the kind of band that's always going to get 1981, I think. I was just looking at their Wikipedia earlier. Uh yeah, I think it was 1980. Well, wasn't it wasn't it the guy that uh, from Quiet Riot that went and did uh had that big speech he made in front of uh I don't know if it was Congress or just like a a, a judge or something where he just kind of had this whole kind of articulate spiel about why you know i had nothing to do with this i'm just a fucking musician man uh it always seemed kind of strange to me that a band like you know quiet riot which is like you know a heavy metal band and a raunchy band or whatever you know we're not going to take it very rebellious but like not very satanic you know at least yeah. to my knowledge you're thinking of d snyder from yeah twisted sister there you go twisted yeah, sister yeah yeah, yeah, okay, yeah 2d we're not gonna there take was it. a whole like it was al gore's wife tipper gore started this campaign in the 80s because she bought her kids a prince album and actually spoiler alert heard uh one of the songs that we're going to talk about here and wanted to know why there wasn't some kind of warning that prince was going to be singing about dicks and tits and things of the like like, you got to be pretty white to be like worried about like a five foot four guy who wears like corsets you know corrupting your children to the devil you know that's like a pretty high level of soccer momery yeah and that's exactly what it was it was she started this thing called the parents music resource center and that testimony you're talking about was kind of the culmination of that where there was this big anti-obscenity campaign and d snyder testified frank zappa testified i'm not sure who else uh Prince obviously was like, fuck you. I'm not coming to testify on yeah. anything. Prince Prince was like, I, I'm not leaving Minneapolis for this shit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a whole thing. That's why there's parental advisory labels on albums now. It Whenever was- I hear Tipper Gore's name, I can't help but hear it in Jello Biafra is like angry. Tipper Gore. You know, like <laughs> I always yeah. hear him. That's what he yeah. was mad about. Was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, her cam- campaigning on that shit. Now, this next one is I think one of the weirder ones of the bunch because for one thing it's a Nelly Furtado song very odd yeah it's a Nelly Furtado song called Big Hoops Bigger the Better which I imagine has to be about earrings right <laughs> like that what else could that be about unless it's like really seems that time way. is a flat circle shit yeah, and this is like, uh, you know, if, if you're looking for somebody to do this in that lane, I'd be much more likely to look at like Azalea Banks, who's like known for like, you know, like kind of interesting episodes in the Internet and your big yeah. conspiracy theories. And she's kind of like down a lot of different rabbit holes. But like Nelly, Nelly Furtado, I kind of like put in the same sort of category of like the chingies of the day who just sort of came and went, you know, like things that were like around when I was in middle school. And then I just haven't fucking they must be just spending their ringtone money. Yeah, you know, she she had that addicted to kratom like the rest of us. She had that run where she was like associated with Timberland and Justin Timberlake, and they were all friends, and they were all making albums. But yeah, that all like like Justin Timberlake's not like no one even gives a shit about him anymore. But so yeah, she's a weird vessel for subliminal messages, unless it was like on that "I'm Like a Bird" song. But this is not. This is on no a more recent song. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's hear it. So let's listen to this Nelly Furtado thing. It loses some points in the rankings here because to hear it, you'll hear it better if you use the acapella version of this song. But I'm going to play this and I'll just play it without telling people what she's going to say first and uh, see if you see if you pick it up. It ain't over yet. 
So this is the single version of this song, like as it was heard on the radio. Now here's the acapella version played regular. There's the backwards shit. Now here it is in reverse. Descending to the 13th floor, 14th floor. We're on the 11th floor, descending to the 12th floor. Oh my god, descending to the 13th floor, 14th floor. We're on the 11th floor, descending to the 12th floor. What the fuck? Really weird. Very like weird. I get, I get the part where you're in the studio and you go, like, I don't know, texturally, this part feels a little flat. Maybe we could kind of layer something in subtly and it's like well let's maybe do a little backwards stuff and then you just kind of get in there and riff a little bit but for for that to be what you pick it's just kind of odd you know and obviously you got the 13th floor which is like you know the, the they pick the creepiest number you know so do 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 but uh yeah just this is and again to be in a fucking nelly <laughs> Furtado song who's like i i don't know of her having any kind of political conspiracy stake at anything and you know this is not someone who's got like any kind of a pet issue or like any sort of like a yeah. uh, a public take on any kind of thing that's controversial it's just like well, let me get in the satanic message game this is the one that feels the most like some cia shit to me mm. because the messaging is so weird if people didn't pick all of it up what she was saying was oh my god descending to the 13th floor 14th 11th floor descending to the 12th floor like, I feel like I just triggered someone to do something by saying that just now. <laughs> There's definitely like someone a, in Kansas who's like, I got to go kill Bobby Kennedy. And it's like, relax. It already happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're a little late. Mm. <laughs> well, we know she's not talking about a hotel because they don't have 13th floors in hotels. So right. Narrows it down. Maybe maybe some kind of a federal building. I don't know. Mm. I don't know, but that one is weird. And there's, I looked online, there's not really, somehow no one has ever sat Nelly Furtado down and been like, hey, what the fuck was that? Which blows yeah. my mind. That blows my mind that no one's ever asked. I don't, well, the more I'm like, do like, I don't know, kind of mainstream show business shit, the more I realize like it's just the, the idea of like, the, nobody's interested in asking hard questions because it's like, well, we want him to come back. So we want to make him look good. So we're going to just fucking pitch him a bunch of softballs that we could have gotten a 15 year old intern to come up with. And then uh, we'll call it a day. You know, it, it kind of bums me out. There's no there's not a lot of Nardwars out there digging deep and going, now, what did you mean? You know, see, I, I feel like that's where this network in general is at, is at kind of a competitive advantage. Because I assume if we ever booked a guest like Nelly Furtado, she would never come back anyway. <laughs> so we might as well get the hard questions in right out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was uh, that look when I was in the podcasting game with the mean boys, that was our philosophy as well. It's like, look, we're going to have Steve Ranazizi on 9-11. We're not going to tell him that uh, he's just going to find out, you know, and then if he doesn't come back, well, we did it once. And then, you know, it's like, could you do it any better than having him on 9-11? I don't think so. I I, th I think more people should have the kind of YOLO mentality, like even like old Letterman yeah. was so acidic, you know, Paris Hilton would come on and he'd just be like, what the fuck do you do? You know, <laughs> and uh, there's just none of that anymore. Everything's like, oh, well, we got to, you know, we want him to retweet it. So, yeah. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So Sad. now we're getting into the top five, the, the heavy hitters. Number five, Judas Priest, better by you, better than me. On the one hand, this should be higher on the list because the band got sued for inciting people to commit suicide over this song. It, it's the uh, kind of the only one that had any real world consequences, and, and, unless you want to kind of count the uh, the Charles Manson Beatles stuff. Yeah, yeah, like Helter Skelter. That's that's a good example. But this piggies on that, yeah, yeah. This one was like this came. This was at the heart of the Satanic Panic. This is when parents were freaking out about Dungeons and Dragons and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, we had a neighbor who was a Christian from uh, North North Dakota. And his parents were from North Dakota, and we used to play D and D. And uh, he would always get in trouble, and his mom would yell at him in this thick ass North Dakota, "Cole, stop <laughs> playing your Dungeons and Dragons and come get your shake and bake." You know, it was just like <laughs> it was so perfect. It's like that's the, you're playing devil games, Cole. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. And then, yeah. and then that makes you the, the kids who are allowed to play like makes you feel pretty cool. It's like, hey, we're fucking yeah. worshiping the devil in here with these octahedral dice. Yeah, this song, like they only got sued because two kids committed suicide after listening to it a bunch. Big deal. But we were talking about you can this. Do the same thing with the grown-ups movies. You know, that's not necessarily. <laughs> we were talking about this before we started recording. One of the kids didn't die. He just like he aimed the gun the wrong way and shot the front of his face off, but lived for three more years. Yeah. He had to talk like a Muppet. It was really sad. And it, it reminds me of like, if he did do this because of the Judas priest song, which I think he eventually claimed is what happened. Like imagine having to live with that. Like my face is like this because of a fucking Judas priest song. And like, if you do it when you're, you know, 15 by the time you're 18 you're like i don't even fucking like this band anymore (laughs) yeah it reminds me of this thing that happened in the uk a couple years ago where this guy he was like 18 i think at the time and he was sitting on a patio with a bunch of his friends they were all super drunk and a banana slug came crawling along and as a, a drunken dare he was like i'm gonna eat that banana slug and he did and it gave him a thing called rat lung worm Disease? Oh my God! Rat lungworm. Yes, is that, that's not the potions professor in the Harry Potter books. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And this, one of the things this disease did is it put him in this vegetative state where he couldn't move and couldn't talk. But oh, he was he got like he got like Johnny got his gunned. Yeah, he was fully cognitive otherwise. So oh, he was just he was just like scariest trapped in this prison of knowing. That he did this to himself because he ate a banana slug. Oh my and he God. lived and like for it, like six more years and then he died. At least Captain Pike in Star Trek, when he was inside the big boopity boop machine, it's like, well, he fucking saved the Federation. You know, it's yeah. like I'm, the, I'm a prisoner in my own body. But, you know, I, you know, a lot of dilithium was spared and some good men. But, yeah, this motherfucker just on a bar dare. Oh, so I mean, harsh. I, 
I cut my chest open listening to Rock and Roll Suicide by David Bowie when I was like 14. And I still like, you know, every time I go to listen to Ziggy Stardust, one of my favorite albums of all time, one of the best albums. All, all, it, it almost ruins it for me because I just start cringing. I'm just like, oh, God, that's right. I was 14. <laughs> Ugh, I'm fucking stupid. That is yeah. pretty extreme. Yeah, I was pretty uh, really trying to be a cool guy over there in Chino. Yeah. So let's listen to this one backwards. The reason it's not higher on the list, even though it's so iconic in terms of stuff like this, is I feel like you can't really hear whatever you're supposed to be hearing that well. Here it goes. So somewhere in there, you were supposed to have heard Rob Halford say, do it. Mm. Just do it is all it takes. I mean. And even then, like, even if that was perfectly. How do do those kids know that's not a Nike ad? (laughs) Yeah. How do they know he doesn't mean uh, come out as gay to your parents? Stay in school. You know, that's that's probably a cause Rob Halford cared about. Yeah. Stay in school. Because Judas Priest, that was a gay guy, right? Yeah. 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 It's a lot of the best metal, like the first two Queen albums and all that shit. It's like, yeah, I, I do love like uh, it's, it's kind of a Chuck Palahniuk fight club thing where it's like, well, if oh, you, yeah. you know, bro, bros love it. But did you know? Yeah. Yeah. The So I, I can barely hear him saying do it. And even then, like that was, I think, the point the lawyers made, too. It's like even if you heard us say do it, it doesn't mean suicide. Like it could have meant do your homework. So I think I'm pretty sure Judas Priest won that lawsuit. Like, obviously, they're not in prison for murder now. So, yeah, <laughs> number would be weird if they were. That would be like that would be one of the uh, that would have been a big turning point in American history. Yeah, that would have been a pretty big uh, freedom of speech case is if, if you well, you got and, and then that creates a great job, which is a person who has to listen to every record backwards at the company and kind of crane. <laughs> and it's like, well, I know it's the big single, but it it does sound a little bit like he's saying eat your mom. So mm. <laughs> Let's talk about number four, Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven. This one is legitimately creepy to me because the section that you have to reverse to pick up the message is also like one of the most baffling lyrical passages of all time. It's the part where Robert Plant says, if there's a bustle in your hedgerow, don't be alarmed now. It's just a spring clean for the May Queen. Motherfucker, Mm. what? Now let's listen to it in reverse. This is him singing it the regular way, obviously. Listen close. Oh, wait, there's another part to this line. Uh, 
That one's a lot of fun. Yeah, that one is. Uh, that one does sound pretty cool. I heard Satan in there. Yeah, he says. In this, uh, this, this also is just like begs the question of how much trial and error you have to do to like. I know hedgerow is not really a word, guys, but it, it was the only thing even close that I could kind of come up with that would, that would interpolate to the devil. So if we could just get off my dick for a second, please, you know, like it's. Yeah, this one more than almost any of them feels the most intentional to me because he is saying like he's singing gibberish, basically. Yeah. And And this is a a big sprawling composition. It's like that Nelly Furtado song. It's like the one I never heard it. And two, I mean, it sounds like you've I could have fucking banged it out on Fruity Loops in like, you know, two hours. You know, it doesn't it's not like Stairway to Heaven where it's this big fucking epic composition with all these movements and technical overtures and shit. And it's like, that's the kind of big masterpiece that you want to put some little secret sauce into. And Jimmy page was so into the occult and like he bought a house that belonged, that used to belong to Aleister Crowley. Like he was way into this. Aleister Crowley again. I hear the name, but he was like a big occult guy like yeah, he's sure. like one of the preeminent <laughs> figures in satanism or occult stuff and Ant- anton lavey kind yeah. of a figure yeah 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 like a i like mean that's the thing like when, devil you, when you guru get, yeah like i heard uh i actually heard alex jones made a pretty good point about this recently where he was talking about um how like when, yeah once you get to a certain level of wealth and influence in the world it's like you know these material things it's like you can have whatever you want like it's like you know, you know there's little differences but it's like you kind of get bored with all the little indulgences you know not that you don't do them and not that you don't participate in them but you get to a point where you just the the obsession with the rich people is finding whatever that little spark of magic is that there is in the world whatever that whatever that astrology is, whatever that full moon is, whatever the, you know, whatever the, the little, the in-between, the shit in the ether, you know? And it's like, yeah, you do, do totally get it. I see it with people in my own life. It's like, you know, you get somebody and then it's like, okay, all of a sudden we're going to Reiki and doing Wicca and all this shit. And it's, know, it's, yeah. it's interesting. It makes sense. I mean, even in my own life, it's like, I don't know, I'm not as worried about money as I used to be. And I did spend fucking two hours last night reading a PDF about chaos magic. So <laughs> <laughs> it's all very interesting. Yeah, and this this is another thing that actually didn't come about until the Satanic Panic. That this message was in this song wasn't a thing that became public until 1982 when this organization called the Trinity Broadcasting Network claimed this message was there. And if you weren't able to pick it up, here's what the, the backwards message is. Here's to my sweet Satan, the one whose little path would make me sad whose power is Satan. He'll give you, he'll give 666. There was a little tool shed where he made us suffer. Sad Satan. And it really does sound like he's saying that. It, it Yeah, it, it, it sounds a lot clearer than a lot of these. And that is very creepy. It's like, it's a little gibberishy, but there's like enough of a, you know, it's like a lyric, you know, it's like you could certainly uh, imply or find some meaning there. And it like the, sh- the shed, you know, the little shed that feels very Yakubian, you know, like he uh, like that's where he, you know, made us out of pig guts or whatever. Well, it also kind of reminds me of the the thing that happened during the satanic panic the most, which was daycare operators getting thrown in prison for crimes they didn't commit. And it was always like, oh, there was a shed they would take us to or there was a room in the basement they would take us to. And it like a lot of those convictions happened because of repressed memories that were being pulled out of children who probably aren't old enough to be subjected to that kind of thing. And it just all seems so, this one seems legitimately weird. 
It's a pretty controversial book because it does happen that people are sexually abused and they, they repress their memories. I've read a lot of shit about this. But uh, there, there was one woman who uh, kind of started a phenomenon with a book that she wrote. I forget the name of it escapes me about, uh, you know, like kind of how to tell if you were, you know, actually molested as a child. And it was like a basket of symptoms that could be a lot of different things. But it led to this phenomenon where just uh, thousands and thousands of people were all of a sudden like uh, all of a sudden had kind of these sort of false memories or some people that actually it certainly was the case and they had these real memories and it was like it created this whole kind of I don't, I don't know friction you know in the in the PTSD community for many years and uh, kind of sounds like a similar thing I I do I do like uh you bringing up that organization that found this in the the 1980s because it, it gives me it gives me one of my favorite thoughts which is just a boiler room full of like concerned parents just like with all these satanic records just <laughs> listening backwards with a notepad going oh I heard of is that a Beelzebub play that back you know yeah imagine being the person who first discovered this like that would be that would be exhilarating. To oh be yeah! Like I that, bet there's something in there, and then you listen enough, and you're like, oh, "Fuck, there it he is." Gotta, he he got to go up to the front of the room and ring the bell and get a candy out of the jar. Yeah, <laughs> they squiggle the marker a little bit on the thermometer on the board. Yeah, yeah. That said, I am glad that the Eagles got swept up in it because man, fuck the Eagles. <laughs> fuck the Eagles, man. At one point, also in the '80s, probably the same time the Led Zeppelin thing came out. People thought they heard a satanic message in Hotel California. Which, I, fun fact, I actually live in the Hotel California. <laughs> uh, this is where they shot the uh, the album cover. It's in the lobby. But uh, oh, yeah, really? Was, uh huh. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's not as cool as living in the Fight Club building for years and years, <laughs> but I do my best. Yeah, the first Unpop Studio was in the Fight Club building. Or now every time I drive past it with my girlfriend, I, I brought it up maybe two or three times over the you know the, the months. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's the building. And she knows, did you know that's where they filmed Fight Club? I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck you. It's an interesting fact. I've shared it myself. So <laughs> so the, the Eagles, I just, I think this was accidental, but let's listen. The, they'll play it in re- regular order, then reverse. Regular order? What? Wake you up. See, that's not as convincing. It's not really. He's supposed to have been saying, Satan hears this. He had me believe. If I'm looking at the words that you're supposed to be saying and I can't hear it, I feel like it doesn't hold a lot of water. Yeah, but I just like that the Eagles got swept up in that and had to carry a satanic stink with them all throughout the 80s. Yeah, and it's uh, it just doesn't really stick to the image, you know? Yeah. Now, this next song, this is one, this one is very intentional, and I think it is actually the scariest because it's like, according to satanic lore, this is actually useful because one of the things that is said to be able to summon demons is reciting the Lord's prayer in reverse. So this song by a, a metal band called Cradle of Filth, it's called Dinner at Deviant's Palace. And when you play it backwards, it sounds like this. Come, I will be gone one 
was yeah, that's the, pretty. That's pretty haunting. Yeah, that was the Lord's prayer. So if you've ever listened to that song the regular way, you're probably possessed right now because it's the Lord's prayer in reverse. And that's how you summon demons. So you have one in your home or your phone, if nothing else. Your yeah, phone I is like possessed. This, I yeah, I definitely I like this uh, saying like you know you know whatever it is just back like if I do the McDonald's jingle backwards, I, I, I get a salad. You know, it's like <laughs> that's kind of a fun. Uh, yeah, I mean it makes sense. One, they like, got the that one has the great that they've layered the ambiance. It's like that definitely sounds like the kind of thing where you'd as a fourteen year old in your room, you know, with your fucking spike jacket, you'd go mining for messages. Oh yeah, and it I'm sure it sounds better reversed because here's the thing: I'm not going to listen to the regular version. I'm just superstitious enough that like <laughs> I'd be the guy like I listen to the regular version, and it's like fuck, I'm haunted now. I got to I got to move it. again. You know, and then you find out it's linked to you and not your house. And you're like, oh, fuck. I got to call a priest. What are those COVID restrictions going to be like? I'm in California. <laughs> Can you even get exercised right now? I feel like everybody who's a professional exorcist has not been able to afford to keep their website, you know, yeah. renewed on Wix.com at this point in the pandemic. You know, it's got to be as far as like luxury expenses. I feel like exorcisms are pretty, pretty like, you know, far down the list of like what you'd actually need. So it would be a tough time to find like a, you know, sort of a, a Hellboy side character to, to, to take care of that for you. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you could do it online. I took an eye exam online when the lockdowns first started and it felt like one of the shadiest things I'd ever done. It's like, this can't be how like it's just supposed to work. Yeah. It's like you, everybody knows about the uh, command plus function of every web browser, right? Is, is yeah. that not? How awesome would it have been if there was some point in that online eye exam where they were like, put your eye up to your camera. It's puff of air in your eye. Like, Jesus, you can do that. That would be cool. So, Cradle of Filth, Dinner at Deviant's Palace. That is number two. About meeting Jeffrey Epstein at one of his parties, actually. A lot <laughs> that, of people don't know. Song number one, top of the list. Oh, yeah. The this, King. This is kind of a curveball, but leave it to Prince to also be the best at subliminal messages. Because this is... I mean, he's a master of subliminal messages. He had a big sheet that came up at the Super Bowl so he could have a giant fake guitar cock. You yeah, know? yeah. And he, he looked like he was jerking off and like almost no one complained because it's Prince. More people complained about like JLo and Shakira twerking than they did about Prince's huge rock and roll cock. They got, I think, 1300 complaints over JLo and Shakira. I, that sounds right. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was doing a story about that for work, which it's like, how much of a narc do you have to be? Yeah, the only state that didn't complain was Vermont, which is great. Oh, no complaints for, for Vermont? Yeah, they love Latinas. We know that. So... Prince on the song Darling Nikki. What I like about this is it's a subliminal message and it's like this is kind of what subliminal messages were meant to be because this is his filthiest dirtiest song west of pussy control. <laughs> this is Or the, maybe yeah, maybe My Tambourine, but yeah. Yeah. God damn it, that's a good song. Oh, that's a good one. That's one of my favorite Prince songs. Dude, there was a guy that lived in this building that was his engineer uh, at Sunset Sound for many years. And oh, yeah. All these great fucking Prince stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I want to talk to that guy. Yeah, ta I fucking love tambourine so much. Uh, but this is this is a, a filthy song, Darling Nikki. This is the song that Tipper Gore... One of the horniest songs. Yeah, this is the song Tipper Gore heard that inspired her to start the Parents Music Resource Center. It was Darling Nikki. So you know it's cool. Yeah. 
She bought her kids Purple Rain on vinyl for Christmas, which cool gift. Yeah. But also didn't realize it was going to be Prince talking dirty. She was like, I thought this guy was just a really nice leprechaun with a motorcycle that, you know, was going <laughs> to. Yeah. And like, do your research late. Watch Purple Rain. Like maybe watch Purple Rain first. Oh, I watched Purple Rain early in the pandemic. And goddamn, is that a fun movie to watch? Oh, I I, I wrote that a movie vice. has more collars than any other movie you've ever seen in your life. It's like everybody's outfit has like six unnecessary buckles. It's It all looks very like Akira. You know, it's uh, these cool like teched out like, you know. I wrote a vice like like he's in Victorian England, but everybody's like, you know, gay and on cocaine. It's fantastic. I wrote a vice article a couple of years ago that really got under people's skin. That was called does purple rain actually suck. And it was about the movie, not Mm. the album. And I feel like the movie does kind of suck. Like it's not an amazing, it's a fun movie to watch. You know, it's it's nice to hear all the purple rain songs. It didn't age well. There's a lot of misogyny in it. And the acting, I think, is terrible. Sure. The best Prince movie, as I mentioned in that article. I just think also, any movie where the bad guy has a big dance number. I mean, A plus. Yeah, I mean, that's that's obviously great. But you can also find that in what I would argue is the best Prince movie. Let me see if I can. Oh, you've seen the poster. Under the Cherry Moon yeah. is the best Prince movie. That movie holds up. And I feel like it is one of the few examples where we actually see Prince as he was like as a regular person, like he's so charismatic and funny in that movie. Mm -hmm. And like everyone hated it because it was like a black and white period piece and people wanted another purple rain, but go watch under the cherry moon America. I I think I will watch under the cherry moon. It's good. Yeah, Cause he was, he's supposed to be like, you know, just a wildly charming motherfucker. Yeah. I do honestly feel like it is the closest we ever got to seeing the actual person Prince was, which is crazy to say because the movie is about like a gigolo who's trying to scam. Uh, what's her name? Damn it. I can't remember her name, but it's one of her first roles. I mean, stop acting like you didn't have me at gigolo. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's it's so good. Anyway, let's listen to this reverse message at the end of Darling Nikki, because at the end of that song, there is a part that plays in reverse. And here's why it's so subversive. See if you can hear what he's saying. Hello, how are you? So at the end of Darling Nikki, there is a refreshing bit of apocalyptic gospel music. Yeah. And it's like the only cool kind of Christianity, which is like, buckle your tits because he's coming back and it's going to be the lake of fire, you know? Yeah. it's And it's I, I love that he snuck it in on a song like Darling Nikki. And he's got the bitch and Beach Boys harmonies and everything. And, yeah. Uh, he's just the fucking king. God, I love Prince. So did Tipper know about that? Did she discover the Jesus message in the in Darling Nikki? Would that have changed her mind at all? I wonder if she made him go back and put it in as a result <laughs> of some legal proceedings. Yeah, maybe it's not on the first pressing. 
Yeah. You can, I mean, now they have that technology. If you want to make, like, we'll play the dirty version of WAP. You just have to, like, embed some credit card ads in it. And See, I feel like there's so many just SoundCloud, you know, like uh, white guys making rap beats who are like, oh, I'm going to use this and I'm going to put. And then three years later, they're just depressed because no one's found their secret message inside <laughs> their, you know, bound to type beat Kanye instrumental click here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's 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 interesting. I am interested to see how far that technology goes now that we have some version of it that might actually work. But I doubt any of the messages here inspired anyone to do anything except maybe like build an apocalypse bunker if you're listening to Darling Nikki. But people were doing that in the 80s anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like uh, if there any new subliminal messages in, in music is just going to be like a guy cashing a $20,000 check to be try the new Popeye's chicken sandwich. You know, yeah. it's like <laughs> it's not going to be much more sponsored. You know, it's just a, it, it's just another piece of real estate for you know to shove intellectual properties into and i know we left a lot of stuff off the list because we i mean we're already over an hour like how long do you want us to talk about this and here's the thing if you want to tweet at us at conspirapops and tell us like your favorite version of this fine just don't be a dick about it don't don't tweet at me and say oh i can't believe you missed this one i didn't miss it i saw it i just didn't want to talk about it you know? Yeah, this is stuff I wanted to talk about. So if you want to tweet making... an example at me, just don't be an asshole. You listen to me, all right? <laughs> so do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Connor, what do you got going on? Um, well, you can watch the uh, new show I'm writing for, the Netflix After Party, airing uh, every uh, week starting in January. There's a special up uh, right now, you know. Uh, that's it. I mean, as you know, nothing, uh, nothing else to do. Come see me in Tucson last month. <laughs> Very nice. Um, I have, uh, uh, you can subscribe on pops network.supercast.tech patreon.com slash unpops. I might actually have the subscription options embedded on unpops.com slash subscribe by now also. So go to any of those places to, uh, to sign up the next unpops live show is going to be January 8th. That's the live zoom comedy show. Uh, I don't know who's going to be on it. Have you been doing any Zoom shows? Uh, I haven't done one. None. Do you want to do? Do you want to do one? I did my well, first one this month, and it was it was actually very fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the Unpops one. Yeah, sure. All right, Connor McSpadden headlining the next <laughs> Unpop Zoom show. They yeah, are at, like we get really good crowds and everyone's chill. They're at because uh, yeah, I mean, I, I doing one for you actually sounds fun. You know, yeah, Keith Carey did the first one. Oh, cool. And uh, it was great. They've been a lot of fun. I did my first one. I did my first one last month, and it was like my first Zoom show ever. It was great. Or this month, December. So uh, tickets for that will be up soon on popscomedy.eventbrite.com. Not sure who else will be on it. I'm hosting the next one. Jeff May will be on it. So we got our white guy quota filled, and uh, we'll we'll book the rest of the show out. Made it under the wire. Yeah. And, uh... I think that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Connor, say goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. We love you.